Hello and welcome to Ashley Asty Live. I am Ashley Asty. So today we're talking about soulmates and more importantly about communing through silence, the power of connecting wordlessly. And when we think about soulmates, we often think about romantic partners. But soulmates are not just that. They're people who come into your life to feed and grow your soul. So soulmates can be friends or lovers, life partners, teachers, or someone who passes through your life for just a moment. And I've purposely chosen this word communing because it's not merely talking or communicating. Communing is about finding a true and deep union, emerging together. And so again, while this soul union can be with another person, romantically or otherwise, this also extends into communion with our souls, about tuning into that place of deep stillness in the center of our beings where we find the sacred voice that runs within us and throughout us, connecting all of us. Because there's a lot of noise going on out there, right? There is the noisiness and chaos that can come from our minds, this sense that we must attached to things and rush forward, which creates a sense of anxiety and fear and limitedness. And there's all sorts of things drawing at our attention, our screens, our phones, our computers, iPads, TV. There's a lot of noise, social media. We're drowning in a sea of sometimes nonsense, sometimes it's powerful and potent, and these are great mediums as technologies, a medium for us to spread messages and to communicate. But sometimes there's this noise that is not centered, that is not coming from a place of presence and love. And so it's easy to get caught up in that noise. And then when we try to come together in community or in partnership, to rely on that noise as a crutch, as a distraction from truly exposing ourselves and being vulnerable and recognizing the oneness within each of us with really communing with another being, that's intimacy. So I came to recording this podcast today for a few reasons. And the first one is a simple reason that may seem slightly disconnected, but I was taking a yoga class this morning. It was 60 minutes long. And because I'm in the process of studying to become a yoga teacher, I am more aware, I guess, focused on how each teacher uses language and fills the space and the creativity that they bring to their classes. And so what I noticed this morning was that during the 60 minutes, the teacher did not pause for one moment, did not pause talking for one moment. 
I don't even know how she did it. It was as if she didn't even take a breath. And so there would be moments where she would ask us as the students to pause and to listen to our breath. But it became so hard and so distracting because she went rapid fire speaking even through those moments when as a student we were being asked to tune in and to be still. It seems like there has become within us sometimes this fear of allowing space. And I know this from practicing to teach yoga, that at first I too would keep giving directions to the students or not let them hold a pose because then there, there would be this extended silence between us. And again, something about that felt scary. This, I think our ego tells us it's the space of nothingness which confronts us. But the truth is it's this rich space full of everything. In the nothingness is all this possibility. And so the silence is something to be embraced and nourished in the right moments. But the first thing again that brought me to recording this podcast today is this morning that in the class I felt like All the noise kept me from communing. And in this case, it wasn't communing with a romantic partner. It was communing with the rest of the class. And most importantly, with myself. I wanted to tune into my being and feel. Not come from a space of my head, but from my heart. And without any pauses, without any silence, It was much harder to tap into that place and just feel the frequency of what was being communicated by the postures in the class. The other thing that got me here today is that I have very publicly talked about my search for a romantic partner, a life partner in my own life. I tend to talk about it or write about it in my poetry. And this has been um, a longing of mine, I suppose. Not because I want to just simply have a man on my arm or be like, oh, I have a boyfriend. (laughs) Um, But because I believe that from a true and deep soul union, that that can be like a vessel in which our love pools and that love becomes so rich and overflowing that we must share it. And so I feel like the divine love and the sacred love that could be built in a true partnership can be expanded upon and enlarged and that will allow us in that union to spread this love and our gifts more fully and truly to the world. In fact, a few years ago, I came across a book called Womb Wisdom. And I remember reading this one quote from the author about what she imagined before she met her husband. And she wrote, I prayed to meet my beloved in this lifetime. With my passion, I knew this was possible. I never ever wished to meet my beloved and simply be with him and live happily ever after. Oh no. 
My prayer was to meet him and together in our union share this great love with everyone. It was about giving everything from that union. What she's talking about here is not a mere, like, casual relationship, but about, again, a coming together of souls in order to enrich themselves and therefore enrich the world. Because I believe that soul connections, soulmates, are a form of wisdom. People and experiences enter our lives to teach us, to show us, to grow us on an experiential level, a level of feeling. So sometimes we can read something and we can know it intellectually, but until it becomes grounded, rooted in our being, we don't truly have that sacred knowing. And so these soul connections are a form of wisdom. And real wisdom comes to us from beyond time. Time is something that we as humans use and it's valuable, right? <laughs> you want to meet a friend for coffee, if you can't decide on a time, you're probably not going to meet up or whatever else it might be. So time is important. As a human invention, it's useful. But our souls come from a place beyond time, a place of eternity. We are eternal. And so when people come and enter our lives as soulmates, they are coming in as a form of wisdom from beyond time. And that time and that place beyond time is a place of deep stillness and silence the nothingness that holds everything. So I went on a date the other weekend and he was handsome and creative and a CrossFit coach on the weekends and plays guitar and sings. And come on, ladies, who doesn't want someone who can serenade you? But what I found was interesting was at one point, we were talking and he had to stop the conversation to turn on music. Like, that's weird. He's like, do you mind if I put on music? And I kind of thought, well, <laughs> I really want music on right now. Um, and he said, it just feels like it's too quiet. He's like, not that I'm not enjoying myself, but it just feels too quiet. And I knew before this, but particularly when he said that, I thought, mm, like my soul sunk a little bit. That moments of stillness between people, the pauses aren't always savored because they ask us, they call on us to be vulnerable, to express who we authentically are. And there's so much in this life that is telling us to put on a mask, that it makes us afraid that what if we express who we truly are and we are not accepted, we don't fit in, we don't fit the mold. There's this sense of what normal is supposed to be. And so it can be scary to take down those walls and sit in silence with someone. But I think it's even sometimes more scary or ego builds something up of a resistance to it because there is deep power 
in that silence and that stillness. One of the other things I've been noticing in my search for a partner is that in the past, I kept repeating the same pattern over and over again. And it was that I was communicating with my partner from head to head, rather from heart to heart. And it's, it's something that I would say all the time. I would talk about someone I was with and I'd be like, oh, I fell for him because I love his mind, right? <laughs> that, was, that was my thing. Um, but something happened at the end of my last relationship when I suddenly realized I felt deep within my being that I no longer wanted to solely communicate from head to head, a place of mental chatter and noise, but from my soul to his and from his soul to mine. And this doesn't mean that we discard our brains. Please use them. They're important when you're at work, you're figuring out a problem, day-to-day -day life, use your mind. But in moments of deep, sacred connection, our minds must disappear so that we can merge with the other and truly come to know them and experience a deeper kind of love than we've known before, this divine love that runs through us and connects each of us. Our minds tend to have this need to know. We want to, and I am definitely guilty of this, control the outcome, know what comes next, feel that sense of security. And the truth is, we don't have that. And so often, in partnership, in community, we think we come to know the other by simply talking or through an understanding that is filtered through our perception, through our brain. I want to read you something that Osho has said um, in the Book of Wisdom. He said, I can be silent with you, and if you can also be silent with me, then there is understanding. Understanding is not of the mind. Then there is great intelligence, great insight. Suddenly you know, and you know from a totally different place, a center of your being, you know from the heart. Your knowing has the quality of love, not of knowledge. It is poetic vision. It is mystic experience. Our deepest calling is to commune with each other, commune with our planet, commune with the companion creatures, the animals of this earth, from our hearts. Because that's when we come to have a sacred knowing. Not a knowing of facts, but a knowing that is both known and unknown. It's filled with uncertainty, but it is sacred. There is mystery in it. There is wonder. It's a knowing that comes with a song rising in your heart. A song that feels so filling that it, it starts overflowing. And as Osho said, then a dance is born in you, a dance that has to be shared. That's union. When you become the dancer, when you become the dance, and you merge with another or yourself in that dance, 
when you become an expression of infiniteness, of your expansive nature, of source. I know for me, my energy is often racing. And so there's this rush in my head and creates this rush in my body. And I don't always pause to truly feel what I'm feeling or to feel before I speak. I just utter the first thing that comes to me. So if someone asks me a question, let's say, I don't always take a moment to pause and to feel and to reply. And I allow my energy to race and my language to race with it. And language is so important. It's how we express so many things. It's, it's a useful tool. But there is a place beyond language, a place that is not rushing, that is felt, that has nothing to do with the mind, that will deliver messages to you when you tune into it. When you come to that place of silence and stillness within yourself and possibly extended beyond yourself with a partner, you come into direct contact with each other and most importantly with something sacred. Our minds tend to have a, a filter on them, right? It's, you know, there's a, a cloudiness about how we see the world. We perceive it through our brains and our experiences. But when all that drops, and we find silence, we find peace, there's this thrill, this ecstasy because it is pure existence. It's like, you know, when you have those, what Oprah would call an aha moment or a revelation, it's usually something that seems to come on spontaneously. It's not something that you can think through. It's usually when you've completely forgotten what it is that you were trying to solve and suddenly you're in the shower and it rushes upon you. That's wisdom that arrives so deep that there aren't even words sometimes. It's just a feeling through the heart, a vibration, a frequency. And that's the space we want to tap into when we are connecting with ourselves and communing with our community, with each other. It is a space of peace of nonviolence, of truly understanding without forcing anything upon anyone else. Continuous talking or noise creating or distracting with phones or whatever else it might be keeps us on the surface. It keeps us occupied so we never have to go within and find our source. We never have to see ourselves and truly see the other. Osho writes, holding the hand of your woman or man, why not sit silently? Why not close your eyes and feel? Feel the presence of the other. Enter into the presence of the other. Let the other's presence enter into you. Vibrate together. Sway together. If suddenly a great energy possesses you, dance together. That's what communing is is that silent vibration 
that energy communication, a place so deep within presence that we don't even have words for it. It can't be named or described or pinned down. It just has to unfold and be felt deeply. When you reach that place within yourself, or with another, that is a true experience of love, capital L, divine love. It is okay to turn on music, to find the sounds that move you. I am a writer, and so words fill my existence. I dream in words, I see words, I feel so at home within words. So this is not about discarding anything, throwing away language or music or the noises, the sounds that move us. It's simply about also honoring the spaces, the pauses, that silent center of us. And when we connect with that silent place, that still place, it doesn't mean we have to do less or that we're going to accomplish less. If anything, I think we accomplish more. We are so at peace, so centered that there's not all this distraction, all this stuff. When I first started noticing that I was tapping into this place of silent stillness, I started feeling how free I was, how much time had opened up in my life because I didn't realize how much space this mental chatter, this noise had been taking up. My relationships became more pure, cleansed because what was expressed through them became truth and love and only what is kind and everything else started falling away. I want to close by reading you a poem I had written about the power of allowing silence to connect you to another human being and the way that embracing silence is also a surrendering how it opens you, it drops you into something deeper and divine that maybe you didn't at first expect. It was in the way he looked at me that our pauses felt extended and the gulf between us engulfed us. That night I dreamt of his face illuminated, no body, just eyes seeing like sun rays spreading light and a smile that opened his mouth and poured from his body his soul into the world. Wildness turns to stillness. The pain is parting with control and surrendering to the direction I'm being led. And then I feel this is not pain at all. It's falling into grace. My true north. Thank you each for listening today, for taking the time to practice stepping into stillness together. 
you can check out the rest of my work at ashleyasty.com or reach out to me. I'd love to hear what you're feeling or what your experiences of stillness or soulmates or partnership is. I wish you every day some moments of peace and stillness for yourself. Embrace silence when it's appropriate. Even if it's just with yourself, that is the most important. Honor you. Thank you.